Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Come on, it's showtime. Why do I hear voices? That's the radio. This is the radio. Something different. Something that'll really hit the spot. Great, let's get started. All right, kids. It's showtime. The Evening Edge with Todd Host. Todd? Okay, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Often irreverent. Seriously funny. Call me now. 937-457-1290. The Evening Edge with Todd Host. Funny guys are dangerous. They'll make you laugh. And laugh, and laugh, and then boom, you're naked. It is the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time. Heard over the Cox Media Group Radio Network. WHIO in Dayton, Ohio. KRMG in Tulsa. WOKV in Jacksonville. And WSB in Atlanta. The Voice of the South. Uh, you can find the podcast of this show wherever you find your favorite podcast or at eveningedgetodd.com. I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Evening Edge Todd. And our number works wherever you might be hearing the show, 937-457-1290. Uh, tonight on the show, we have a celebrity, quasi-celebrity getting arrested, going to jail, or he could be. He could be going to jail. It's a good chance. Uh, we have a damn it dog. We also have uh, a motorboating <laughs> a motorboating captain in the Army, or National Guard, National Guard. That story, I, I, I can't wait to talk about. Uh, we have so much more, but uh, first we have headlines. Extra, Here we extra, go. read yeah. all about it. So what is this big, big news? I got news for you guys. Great news. Oh, Lord, we have monkeypox news. Is this really going to become a thing? I hope not. Oh, man. Well, a uh, Boston man has contracted the monkeypox. After uh, recently returning from a trip to Canada, a uh, monkeypox outbreak is currently occurring in Europe and Spain. People get flu-like symptoms and then a rash that lasts for two to four weeks. Holy cow. Uh, monkeypox occurs when a person is bitten or scratched by a small animal. Uh, it can be passed through bodily fluids. So I, I really hope this is not the next thing. You know, I mean, come on, man. We just got out of a pandemic. But Almost. can you die? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see if monkeypox is fatal. If there's, if you couldn't find any fatalities, then I'm not worried. You're about not it. worried about it. You're not worried about I'll it. I'll take a little monkeypox. Maybe for fine. a couple of weeks, you'll be going <laughs> and craving bananas. Maybe I can talk to the orangutans <laughs> better at the Cincinnati Zoo. Oh, that might be. Uh, that might be good. Speaking of animals. The uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus is returning next year. But here's the thing. No animals. No animals. 
Uh, the new show will feature death-defying stunts similar to Cir- Cirque Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. And uh, the circus says they did research and found that audiences don't want to see animals or corny clown acts anymore. Look, I'm okay with dropping the clowns. I really am. I'm not a big fan of the clowns. But, uh, and I understand the whole thing about animals being mistreated in the circus. I, it, it certainly happens. But is anybody going to, you know, run to the circus to see the trapeze artists? I mean, to me, honestly, that was one of the least interesting things about going to the circus. The few times that I went, I mean, I went a couple of times when I was a kid. I went probably, I don't know, 20 years ago with my son when he was, uh, you know, five, six years old. But I, I, don't, I don't really care about that. Not so much. Kevin, you have a Seems comment? Seems like they're trying to be Cirque du Soleil Jr. If they're even mentioning it in, in anything, it just seems like they're just trying to piggyback off of that because they think it's what's popular. Well, they're just, tr- yeah, I mean, they're trying, to, they're trying to survive. They're trying to keep the tradition going. But is, the, is it really the same tradition if you're not going to have clowns and animals? It's not the circus. It's, it's just right. Cirque du Soleil. Right. It's, somewhere uh, else. it's uh, gymnastics with fancy uh, outfits, right? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Uh, A new survey by Slick Deals reveals that 64% of people have increased their impulse shopping this year. Uh, Other findings, the average person spends $314 per month on impulse buys. Wow. That's up from uh, $276 per month in 2021. Uh, 52% of people make impulsive purchases when shopping online. Oh, that's so easy. My wife and I, I may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, we finally canceled Amazon Prime. Uh, One, we weren't super thrilled with the shows that were on there. We weren't finding enough to really justify it. But the other thing was, because we had Prime shipping, and it was free shipping, and we could get it like the next day, or even in some instances, the day of, it was very, very easy to spend money. And every week, I'm not kidding, the Amazon guy was stopping at our house probably three or four times. And it was always, it was always like, uh, you know, a surprise as to who, whose package was it? You know, was it my wife's? Was it mine? Um, And now we just don't. In fact, I I was going to order a book um, a week ago, uh, a Martin Short book uh, that he written. And, uh, I, I, I bought it or I went to buy it and then it said it was like $13.99. I'm like, okay. After shipping, it came to like $24. And I was like, I'm not spending $24 on that because we didn't have the free shipping. So I just canceled it. I just canceled it. Uh, but that's the, that's the problem. It's, it's just too easy. Just too easy. Most common impulse buys clothing uh, followed by food and groceries. Household items, shoes. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one for my wife. And consumer technology. A Kingsville, Texas mom says she thought her son was just taking pictures with her phone. Uh, but it turns out the toddler had a hankering for a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. <laughs> Rather, 31 cheeseburgers. The two-year-old managed to place a McDonald's uh, order through DoorDash. When the food arrived, mom was hit with a $61 bill. And the, uh, the toddler apparently gave the driver a $16 tip. That's pretty good. 
Now, Kevin, you were a uh, door dasher for a while. Did you uh, ever have a strange order like that, a big order or something like that, that you were, I mean, 31 hamburgers, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's a hefty order. I've, I've never had anything crazy like that, though. Yeah. Did you ever have any strange deliveries or weird deliveries? experiences i had uh i had one in particular where i was delivering to this um young woman yeah and she answers the door in her um unmentionables and a really like a tank top shirt and um no unmentionables underneath that tank top shirt wow that's that's like the start of a porno it was that's exactly what it felt like honestly because she just like opened the door and then was like no problem this strange guy's delivering me food that's weird and then there was another time that i delivered food to this other lady and five minutes after i left she sent me a text through doordash sent it telling me that i was cute and wanted me to call her and gave me her number wow yeah these things happen that is uh (laughs) that is odd you didn't call her did you I did not. I went home and I showed my wife like a good little (laughs) husband would do. See, that's how you score points. It's an easy way to score points, right? It's like, you know, you're not going to do anything. You could just ignore it and not say a thing, but go ahead and tell her like, oh, see, he's he's an honest guy. He's an honest guy. I'm known as an honest man. Well, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, A group of students from John Hopkins University are going viral because they've created an edible burrito tape. The Tasty Tape is an edible adhesive that can be used on wraps as well. It keeps your uh, burrito together. And I thought this was a great idea. This is a great idea. Uh, the tape's ingredients are a secret because the team is applying for a credit. But here's the problem. Uh, the tape is dyed blue. Yeah. And I don't, I don't eat anything blue. I just don't do it. We've had, you and I, Kevin, have had this argument over the years about uh, my... Uh, Your blueism. My, uh, my blueism, that's right. I just don't think it's a natural food color. I just... Blue doesn't seem like... When I see blue, I think uh, plastic and chemicals. That's what I see. And I don't even think blueberries are blue. I go with purple. They're a very dark purple. Okay, I thought of something, and I was going to actually text you, and I forgot about it, but since you brought it up, I have yeah. to mention it now. Do animal foods count? Because crabs and some crayfish and lobster are blue before they get cooked. Are they actually blue or are they oh, like yeah, a dark? Their shells are yeah. blue. Their shells are blue. Huh. Well, I guess it. I'm what, pretty sure what, they're what, blue crab. That's what, what they're called, blue crab. What what color are they afterwards? See, but they're see, like a pink and and a but nice see, the, cream. The shell is what's per, is what's blue, right? It's not the meat. See, now we're in the semantics. Blueism semantics. But I'm not eating the shells. I'm not eating the, 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 uh, the shell of the uh, lobster. I would be eating the meat, right? So it's not really blue. All right, I concede my point. You win this one. <laughs> we have, uh, we, this is, uh, where's my TikTok? Uh, I had it here somewhere. I had TikTok. Oh, here we go. So this is the uh, the latest dumb TikTok challenge. I've seen this before. I thought this was just uh, a couple of goofy kids uh, screwing around, but apparently it's a thing now. Have you heard of the water ban- uh, water bottle fan challenge? So the uh, the challenge is this: you uh, you have two people or more. 
The one that I saw had four people involved. Uh, a half uh, full water bottle is tied to a ceiling fan by a string. And then they turn on the ceiling fan. And what you've got is you've got this water bottle flying around attached to the ceiling fan. Then they all put on blindfolds and then have to duck out of the way <laughs> of the water bottle and try to avoid it. Boot to the head. And uh, there's not much you could say about that. You know, it just keeps getting dumber and dumber. These TikTok challenges seem like the things that you would create if you had an old, like a cousin that was your age or a, a sibling that was your age when your yeah. parents aren't home. Right. These are the yeah. things you're doing. And now they're all over the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's being repeated from uh, city to city and coast to coast. Uh, well, there you go. There are your headlines uh, here on the Evening Edge. I just want to say that this is the best. It's not political. It's awesome. You cover everything. You keep everyone's interest. Like, if you were a class, I would take it. The Evening Edge with Todd Host. Often irreverent. Seriously funny. Do me a favor. Here's a nice kid. He's been with us for a while. Everybody likes him. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Todd. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him now at Evening Edge Todd. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Back here on the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time, you can find the podcast. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, like Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio app, and of course at EveningEdgeTodd.com. Uh, 937-457-1290 is the number. So I knew, sadly, and I think most of us probably figured that this was going to happen with this whole baby formula shortage the uh the shortages are worse in some other parts of the country it's not across the board but um there was a there was a story about a uh, mom shopping at a target store in massachusetts and uh she confronted a woman and this is interesting so she goes to the baby food aisle and she, uh, she sees that it's completely bare. And there's a woman standing there with a cart. And it's got 30 bottles of ready-to-feed formula. So, and of course, she's, she's recording this on video, right? Because we record everything now on video. And she confronts this woman. And they get into an argument. Now, they weren't fighting. It, it very nearly came to that. But, uh, you know, the woman who went in to look for food and couldn't find the baby formula takes this woman to task about uh, stockpiling and hoarding. That's worse than hoarding toilet paper, in my opinion. I mean, when the, when the pandemic began and people uh, started losing their minds and running out and buying all the toilet paper, I mean, that was bad enough. But I don't know that people really didn't go without toilet paper. Um. <laughs> And, and to be delicate, you don't need toilet paper. I mean, you can use other things. You can use tissues. You can use paper towels. You, you know, in a pinch, you can hop in the shower afterwards. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, 
You uh, you have another uh, did <laughs> solution? You, did you know that you can crinkle up a piece of paper like a million times and it turns into a paper towel slash toilet paper? Well, I didn't. I did not know that. I did not know that. I learned that the hard way. Oh, did you? <laughs> But uh, but this is worse. I mean, this is worse than that because this is food for for babies. And uh, the thing that was really sort of disheartening in this video encounter that this woman posted was that at some point she asked, she said, hey, can I just have one? Could I just have one bottle? You've got 30. Could I have one? And the woman was like, no. And she just walked away. Just walked away. And I'm surprised that, because uh, I've heard this in some instances, that some stores are putting on, uh, like you could buy a maximum of, a, of like three or four cans or whatever. Uh, but apparently that wasn't the case at this Target store. So, very interesting. And I'm sure that if this continues, there will be more altercations over uh, baby formula. The formula fallout. First of all, let me say that I love your show. I mean, you're the bomb. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Be a good cheer and call me. Call me now. Call me. He's laughing at us right on the radio. The least we can do is get him on the radio and talk to him. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Todd? Okay, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Call me now. 937-457-1290. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Back here on the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time. Heard over the Cox Media Group Radio Network. WHIO in Dayton, Ohio, KRMG in Tulsa, WOKV in Jacksonville, and WSB in Atlanta. Our telephone number. Wherever you're hearing the show, it works. 937-457-1290. I've got a story. This is uh This is about a National Guard officer. And this is probably one of the most blatant displays of sexual harassment I've ever heard of. Um, and it, it, it involves motorboating. You know what motorboating is, right? Yeah, yeah. If not, we'll explain it. Uh, but I want to talk about this. But first, we've got uh, Crazy Casey at Indian Lake, Ohio. Crazy Casey, what's happening, hey, man? Todd. Hey, Todd, you know... We're national, dude. I, well, <laughs> I'm national. You're just calling in. <laughs> hey, but check this out, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, are you going to go to the ABBA concert with me? Well, the, there's a there's an ABBA tribute. It's an ABBA, that, ABBA tribute. It's not actually ABBA. ABBA tribute that's coming to one of the venues here in Dayton. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I may or may not go. I'm not sure. I like ABBA. I enjoy a good ABBA uh, tune. But I, I don't know. I may go. Why? Are you going? Did you win tickets? Oh, you betcha I did. <laughs> and I want to see you there. We're going to have a good time if you show up. All hey, right. Here. Yeah. Now, you said you don't like anything blue, right? Yeah, I just uh, I don't prefer eating anything that is blue. It, it reminds me of plastic. It reminds me of chemicals. And uh, I just don't think blue is something that I want to ingest. Okay. Here, Here's my question. Yeah. If it comes in a blue container, 
Couldn't you still eat it? Well, if it comes in a blue container and it's not blue, sure. I mean, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese comes in a blue box, and it's orange. And I know you like macaroni. Oh, sure. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love mac and cheese? See, my point is, is my um, my beverage that I drink. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. My I don't care. Go for it. My my bush beer bush comes in a blue can. Yeah, sure. Well, now they're giving tribute to the farmers, and it's coming in a green can. Well, the beer is still the color of beer. So <laughs> if they start making well, I, blue beer, then that, now see, this is why I'm glad that St. Patrick's Day, it's green beer. Because yeah, I could, I've, drank, I've drank green beer before, but I'm not going to drink anything blue. I have no idea what it looks like. I just drink it straight out of the can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, Crazy Casey. Hey, look at here, man. Yeah. Love your show, dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Beer. Have a uh, good Sunday evening, Crazy Casey. Uh, that num- that line's open, 937-457-1290. I wonder if he's uh, playing the Evening Edge drinking game. I would hope so. He could be. Or maybe he's over games. He's just, <laughs> just knocking them back. Doesn't matter. All right, well, here's the story about this uh, motorboating captain. Uh, National Guard officer was uh, serving in Jordan. And uh, he had a subordinate uh, female uh, soldier who uh, he had the hots for. He really liked her, uh, her breasts. I mean, that's really what it was. And uh, he, for some reason, he told people, this is what's weird to me. It's like he told people that he was going to do this. That if this woman were to ever be promoted with, you know, up the ranks that at the promotion ceremony, that he planned to motorboat her. Now, he was telling people this. He was telling them this. It wasn't like some secret. It was out there in the open. So, uh, so the time comes that this particular woman is up for a promotion. And, and they give her the, uh, the option. They say, hey, would you like to have a, an official ceremony? And I... I didn't know that that was an option. I didn't know that, you know, if you're getting promoted, you could have, you could opt out or you could say, ah, just, you know, let me have the uh, medal or, or the rank and I'll put it on my sleeve and or my uniform and leave it at that. I don't need any, you know, special uh, recognition or accolades or whatever. But she opted not to do that. Well, this, uh, this captain wasn't going to take uh, no for an answer. So the next day, he, uh, he shows up in the unit's arms room. Now, Kevin, you were, uh, you were in the military. Do you know what that is? What is an arms room? Is that like where they keep all their, their weaponry? Or? Yeah, if it's what I think it is. My, my father was uh, in the Army, and he was also in the Army National Guard as well. So, uh, and he happened to be the armor. So I'm pretty sure that uh, it, it's it's an armory. Okay. Like where all the weapons and... So she was in there working with some other person. And apparently uh, the, the story in the court records is that she was uh, either beforehand or afterwards going to work out. So she was wearing just a t-shirt and shorts. She wasn't wearing a uniform. So that's important because if you're wearing a uniform... 
it may not be as easy for breast access, right? So she's wearing a t-shirt. That's important. So he goes into, uh, he goes into this room, and here's, here's what a witness told the court. The captain approached her, told her to stand up, place the rank in front of her chest, and leaned in to grab the rank with his teeth. Now, it, when, you, when it says rank, Kevin, again, leaning on your experience, is that like a, not a metal, but is that um, is it like uh, some sort of stripe or what is, what, what, what would that be? It really depends on what she was getting tacked on because it used to be you get you used to get tacked on like the ceremony would be if you were in the army anyway actually Air Force too but you would get it on your lapels and then okay. they would put the things on and then they'd give you a nice slap on your shoulders to kind of tack it on that's why it's called being tacked on oh okay and, I got uh, you sometimes you'd bleed a little <laughs> but now but but what All I was right. getting is now it's on the chest. Okay. Now it's there's a strip that's on the chest, and you put this little loop on there. Okay. Well, that must be what he was doing. Uh, he leaned in to grab the rank with his teeth. Then the captain placed his face between her breasts. His face made contact with the middle of her chest, and he vigorously moved his head from side to side, uh, her breast, while still holding the rank between his teeth. So... It was such a brazen display of uh, sexual misconduct to many witnesses that several of them immediately, immediately reported the incident. Um, and this captain was charged with uh, conduct unbecoming an officer, assault consummated by battery, and abusive sexual contact. So this went to trial. He was court-martialed. And uh, initially, the, uh, he pled not guilty, but uh, changed his plea to guilty when prosecutors agreed to drop the abusive sexual contact charge. Now, why is that important, you ask? Well, even after this trial or during this trial, uh, several people came in and testified against this captain. And he, he was like, they were all like, he, he, he said he was going to do this, and he did it. He absolutely did it, without regard. Um, though he did have one friend who served with him previously in another uh, place who came in as a character witness and attempted to play the whole thing off as just uh, the captain's good sense of humor. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but, of course, this explanation didn't fly. He was court-martialed. But they did drop that sexual or that abusive sexual contact charge. Why was that important? Because, because of that, because of that uh, charge being dropped, he was allowed to retire instead of being booted out. He gets to keep all of his benefits, and he won't have to register as a sex offender. So I don't know, and look, I've never been, well, let me think, have I ever been motorboated? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have some man breasts. There's no question about it. Anybody would see me would know, oh, he's, you know, man boobs. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been motorboated. Um, but I don't know that that rises to the level of offense where somebody would then have to register as a sex offender, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's an egregious act and very inappropriate. But on the scale of 
ways people could be sexually assaulted. That's pretty low. Um, I would say others might disagree, but that's kind of my take. But the fact that he would get to keep all of his benefits. I mean, I, and it, and I, it didn't say in the story, like how close he was to retirement age or how long he'd been in, you know, I, I mean, if he got another six months to serve, then okay, maybe you just, you're done, you're out and we're going to dock you six months or I, I don't know. But uh, if he had years and years to serve still before he could retire, I don't know about that. Kevin, what do you think being a, a former military guy? If he's in the National Guard, um, that works a little bit different than active duty because active duty, you have a regular promotion schedule. And then once you get to your NCO situation, if you're enlisted, then um, you start testing and stuff. And then if you're, I mean, if you're an officer, it kind of goes along the same way. But when you're in the National Guard, it takes so long to get promoted mm. because it's a whole situation of when someone dies or retires, that's when you ah. get promoted because okay. there's certain spots to fill. So there's a, a likelihood, there's a high likelihood that this guy was a fairly older captain because usually a captain would probably be in their early 30s, late 20s because that's like, that's like a, a equivalent to like, that's an 03. Well, I saw the picture of this guy. I think he was a little bit older than that. I mean, but I, I don't know exactly how old he was. But I, I just thought that was interesting. It'd be one thing if it was, um, if he did something like off the cuff, inappropriate as it may have been, he just kind of impulsively did something, you know, smacked her on the butt or something like that. I could see him getting into trouble um, and maybe being court-martialed for that. But the fact that he told people he was going to do this, like it was a plan. And it wasn't like, uh, hey, when she gets promoted next week, guess what I'm going to do? He had a history of sort of uh, ogling this woman. Other people testified to that. Like they said he he was uh, mesmerized by her breasts. And this was the thing. So I, I just find it odd that somebody that would uh, put that much, uh, you know, pre-planning into a uh, what the what the court martial determined was essentially a, a sexual misconduct, sexual assault on, on some level would say, oh, you just keep your. Keep your retirement. But that's happened a lot. There's a lot of people that have been in corporate positions where something happens, you know, like sexual assault or, or like the, me, the whole Me Too movement, that kind of thing, where people get caught up in that and um, they're not a lot, they don't get to keep their, you know, their golden parachute or whatever it is. You know, you're out. Did so. he get charged with fraternization at all? No, it didn't say that. It just it just mentioned the uh uh let's see. Uh, what did it say? I had it. Um conduct unbecoming an officer, assault consummated by battery, and then they of course they dropped the abusive sexual contact. At least that's according to the story. I mean, you know, this story I saw in a number of places. It made the it made the rounds. So, you know, you get one article, something could be left out, and it was covered in another article, and you just didn't see it. But 
not knowing anything about the situation, just based off of my experience, it sounds like this guy is a lot like a lot of officers that I've had, and yeah. they're just gen- they they don't some of them they just don't know where the line is because they're trying to have too much fun. And they really just, no, they genuinely, like, this isn't to say that he wasn't guilty or, you know, out of line, but they do that for some reason. They they get really comfortable with their people and they try to be fun so people don't think, take them so serious. Yeah, I guess. I mean, is there, is there a a level of, uh, you know, because uh, it's just one of the guys, she's just one of the guys. And if, if there wasn't a fraternization charge, that leads me to think at least to assume upon the situation that it was probably everybody else was appalled with it. Yeah. And was like, wow, you just can't do that in the office, bro, like with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was still a stupid move, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There's your motorboating uh, uh, National Guard captain. I just wanted to call and thank you. You make me smile. Please take our mind off of those heavy issues that are weighing heavy on my heart. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Often irreverent, seriously funny. If you haven't talked to Todd yet, you should. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him now at Evening Edge Todd. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Hooray for Hollywood! Back here on the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time. Another celebrity, I guess you could call him a celebrity, arrested. And I, I'd never heard of this guy before, but uh, I mentioned it to uh, Kevin, my producer, and he was like, oh, that guy. His name is, uh, his real name is Jason Geiger, but he's best known by his stage name, Austin St. James. And you might know him. More specifically, as Power Ranger Red. (laughs) I never watched the Power Rangers. I do. Yeah. Uh, Well, this uh, this guy uh, Geiger. Okay. All right. A little more Power Rangers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, This guy, along with others, were recruited by two men to participate in a scheme to defraud. The Small Business Administration's Paycheck Protection Program of $3.5 million. Geiger and others filled out the uh, appropriate uh, paperwork. And once the money was approved and sent to them, they sent a portion of it to the two ringleaders. And then threw the other, uh, the rest of the cash in their uh, personal accounts. And now he's facing uh, federal charges. He was indicted. Some of them were arrested. He missed a uh, co- uh, Comic Con show because of it, so. <laughs> I just wanted to call and thank you. You make me smile. Please take our mind off of those heavy issues that are weighing heavy on my heart. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Where's the radio? Let's see if we can get some sounds. He's nice. He's funny. We gotta circulate this on radio. Leave Sunday night open. He's, uh, funny. Very funny. Weird and funny. Broadcasting on all frequencies. Enjoy the show. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Todd? Okay, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Often irreverent. Seriously funny. Call me now. 937-457-1290. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst.
Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Can you feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 I have exercised the demons. It is the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time. Over the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Heard and emanating from WHIO in Dayton, Ohio. Over KRMG in Tulsa, WOKV in Jacksonville, and WSB in Atlanta. Find the podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's just this show without the commercials. It's a nice feature. You can listen to it when you're walking the dog, working out, doing the dishes. Maybe I could lull you to sleep at night. Uh, you can also follow me on social media at Evening Edge Todd. I'm all over the place. It's sickening. Uh, 937-457-1290. That number works wherever you might be listening. Uh, we have some breaking the law news. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. This story... <laughs> Absolutely love. It's uh, James Bond related. So when I was a kid, I had a uh, I had a little James Bond toy car, and it had an ejection seat. It had uh, like uh, guns mounted to it in the grill, and it had what the thing that I remember most specifically is it had a license plate that could flip. Like you could change your license plate. And I always thought that was kind of cool. Never saw it, you know, in real life. Just a clever idea. Uh, Well, in Irvine, California, a resident there called the police with a tip about a car possibly linked to a burglary. And cops discovered this Mercedes-Benz. And it was equipped with a push-button rotating license plate. And other items in the car. Uh, It had an elaborate gas siphoning device that transferred uh, fuel directly into the vehicle's gas tank. I guess from other vehicles. (laughs) You know, you crack somebody's uh, gas cap open and stick a a thing in there and whoosh, out comes the gas. the siphoning thing might have been for when they're getting away. If they run out of gas, it automatically siphons more gas into the gas tank. Oh, well, that could be. Maybe that's it. See, that's pretty clever, too. You know, that doesn't come standard, does it? (laughs) Uh, The vehicle also contained burglar tools, uh, evidence of identity theft and stolen property. They also found remotes and key fobs that they believe were allowing the suspects to enter residential buildings. Uh, But they posted the uh, Irvine police. uh, The suspect vehicle was something out of 007. And that got me thinking about uh, that particular vehicle, like all of the James Bond vehicles over the years. And I love that franchise, and I've seen all the movies, and those cars are always just kind of cool. And uh, what, what's interesting is that back when they came out, when the, when the movie franchise just started, it was so futuristic that nobody would ever think, oh, we could ha- maybe have that one day. Now, we, we do have that technology that we could have stuff like that on our car. 
And uh, I, I looked through and I found a bunch of uh, lists all over the internet, car magazines, car sites, whatever. All the different Bond car gadgets that uh, each new movie, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, the features uh, on the car are brand new. And here's a list of uh, some of the, these are great. I love this. Uh, tire slashing hubcaps. Now, the other thing, I, I, that makes sense, right? It makes sense that something would come out of the hubcaps and it was like a, like a steel rod or something that would just damage another vehicle. I think I've seen those. I think I've seen uh, cars that have something similar to that. Uh, but there was also a hubcap laser that the hubcaps, something would shoot a laser, a laser at the, uh, at another vehicle. It had uh, twin front mounted machine guns. And those were in the grill that if I recall, they were inside the grill and they just would poke out, you know, just machine guns, um, surface to air missiles. <laughs> one of the vehicles, one of the, uh, the movies had that, um, rocket propulsion, which is kind of cool. Um, one that was uh, not long ago, and I forget which movie it was. I did remember this. An invis- invisibility cloak. Make the car disappear. Now, I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, we can't make the cars disappear necessarily, but I saw not long ago there was a, and I, I don't know if it was Hyundai or it was a prototype car where the, uh, the color of the car could change. There was something with the, with the ions or something where if you hit a button, it would change the color of the car. It could either be, I want to say it was a silver, and then it could be another color. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So if, you know, a little bit like the license plate, if they're looking for a blue car in the getaway and then you could switch it to, to silver, I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Have you seen that, Kevin? I have. If it's the one that I'm thinking of, it's got like the, the like just like a, a button, like an LED light or something, yeah, and it yeah. just changes it. But invisibility is actually an option, by the way. They have, there's this fabric that has been created that actually it manipulates the way that we see light and how it refracts. And essentially what it does is it makes the light reflect around the fabric. So it's like around and behind. So you can actually on put a it car? Up. Or just I don't, I don't they know if just it made it car, for like possible, a, I'm saying. like the invisibility cloak in Harry Potter. Yeah, there's huh. videos you can see it where people like lift it up and like they'll show it. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the one that everybody wanted and I would I would love to have is the ejector seat. <laughs> that would be that would be perfect. Um, now, one of the uh, Bond cars had rem- was a remote control where you could control it. You know, just uh, I'm guessing on his watch or something. And that's a little bit like uh, I think of the Tesla. Um, th- that one feature where if you're, what is it, like 50, 60, 70 feet away, you can uh, use the app and the phone or, and the car will drive itself and find you and pick you up. Uh, bulletproof windshields. We have those. Um and of course, car phones, that was at the time when it first, you know, when the first movies came out and he had a car phone, it was like, whoa, he's got a car phone. Uh, bumper rams. I don't remember poison darts. Must have been part of the, uh, the machine gun uh, uh, apparatus. 
a, um, I do remember this, a mechanism that could dispense an oil slick or smoke. It would blow, like, uh, drop oil out from underneath the car and make it uh, slippery for the cars that were chasing him, you know? The same with the smoke, just like a smoke screen. Um, it also would drop road tax, like little nails, little, like, uh, four-pointed uh, nails. So no, no matter how they fell on the ground, one of the nails would be sticking up, right? And then it would take, the, take out the tires. Electric shock door handles. Uh, flat run wheels. Now we have those. Um, Flamethrower would be cool. <laughs> Flamethrower on your car. Uh, and then, of course, there were uh, the two others that, uh, and this is really kind of like over the top, not as if any of the others are over the top, the air to uh, surface missiles or surface to air missiles. The car plane, there was a version of a Bond car that I guess could fly. And then uh, the submarine car. I remember that where you could drive the car into the water and, uh, you know, it was like a submarine. But the other part of that got me thinking, it's like, would you say that that is like the best movie car of any movie would be the James Bond vehicle? I mean, are we counting Batman? Because the Batmobiles have well, to be in, and the Batmobiles are far surpass, some of them far surpass anything that James Bond's ever done. But do they though? Oh, they do, especially in the new, the new Batmans. Yeah. Or, or not the newest one, but the, the ones with, um, Oh, that guy. That guy? What, Christian Bale? Batman. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. He's one of my least favorite Batmans. I, that's the Christian I don't Bale? Want, yes, he oh. really is. But, but that just, I wonder about that because maybe the Batmobile, okay, I'll give you that. A lot of gadgets on it. Of course, like we mentioned, the Bond. But other, what other cars? I mean, I remember from TV, like back in the 60s, I remember seeing... Uh, uh, reruns of Inspector Gadget. I don't remember if he, if his car, or who am I thinking of? Well, if we're going Inspector back, Smark, or Smart, who am I? I if we're I going back that. then, then we gotta obviously invoke the Holy Night Rider. Well, that was kind of cool, but that one I don't remember it having weapons on it. Did it have weapons? Kit like they have need, guns. Kit didn't need well. weapons. <laughs> But uh, but that's an interesting conversation. Like, what uh, what is the greatest, coolest TV show or movie car of all time? And it's it's really different categories, right? Because certainly for the gadgetry, you could it's a toss up between Bond and uh, like you mentioned, uh, Batman. But cards that I remember from the TV shows that I watched. The General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. Um, I always loved the Grand Torino and Starsky and Hutch. That was a cool one. There was somebody that lived out close to my grandma, uh, close to her farm, and they had a a, a red with white swoop uh, Grand Torino, and it looked like the Starsky and Hutch uh, car, and it was during that time, and I would always get excited when we... <laughs> We'd go out to see a grandma. It's like, oh, there's a Starsky and Hutch car. You know, where's the General Lee? Uh, and the other vehicle that I always thought was kind of cool was the uh, A-Team van. That was a good one. That was a good one.
But uh, maybe you've got a favorite uh, favorite car from a TV show. That brings me to a, another uh, subject of a expensive car. The most expensive car ever was just auctioned off. And this was a uh, Mercedes-Benz. And this, this was so exclusive. This auction was so exclusive that you had to receive an invitation to be involved. Right? Like... They had to. They had to make sure that you had the money. You know, uh, there's no question. So this was a. This was sold on Thursday. It was a rare 1955 Mercedes-Benz SLR coupe that had been kept in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Auto Collection. It was sold to a private owner for 142 million dollars. And there's only two of them. In existence, and they were uh, they were made many years ago. Guess they were going to be race cars, and they never they never did anything with them. They were named after uh, one of the Mercedes chief engineers, and it had a top speed of 186. They won't say who bought it, but the money used from the sale is going to establish a global scholarship fund by Mercedes Benz, which is kind of cool. But I mean, 142 million dollars that. That'll last a very, very long time. And the previous record, if you're interested, was, a, uh, was in 2018, a 1963 Ferrari 250 GTO sold for $70 million. I recently found your show. You know, a lot of times you hear people shooting their own horn, but your commercial is true. You are funny. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Are you not aware that I get farty and bloated with a foamy latte? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now, 937-457-1290, or message him now at Evening Edge Todd. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Twin powers, activate! Shape out and eagle! Form of water! Back here on the Evening Edge, Monday through Friday on WHIO in Dayton. But every Sunday night at this time, I always do that. <laughs> every Sunday night at this time on uh, WHIO in Dayton, KRMG in Tulsa, WSB in Atlanta, and WOKV in Jacksonville. I don't know if you recognize that. That little clip there, the Wonder Twins, that was like the one, uh, well, two of them, uh, comic book characters I remember from Super Friends. Uh, Let's see, that was, uh, was it Zan and Jaina? And they were uh, twins, and they had the ability to transform into... uh, Let's see, Zan could do water, and, uh, and Jaina could uh, transform into any animal. And they were part of the, uh, the Super Friends. They were DC uh, characters. Well, they were going to make a movie. HBO uh, Max was going to make a movie of the Wonder Twins. And they were the only, like, they're the only superheroes that had sort of not been covered. <laughs> it's what was left. And uh, but now they're not going to do it. It was going to cost too much money, I guess. And they've uh, they pulled the plug on the project. 
And I was really, I'm disappointed because, sure, I like the Wonder Twins, but the one element that I loved about the Wonder Twins was their pet space monkey, Gleek. Remember Gleek, the space monkey? He was my favorite. Just the best. I just want to say, if this is the best, it's not political, it's awesome. You cover everything. You keep everyone's interest. Like, if you were a class, I would take it. The Eveningettes with Todd Host. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Everybody, could I uh, have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, hold on, dummy. Just you listen to me. Now, listen to me carefully. Boy's got something to say to me. Why don't you talk into the microphone? The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Todd? Okay, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Often irreverent, seriously funny. Call me now, 937-457-1290. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Back here on the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time. Find the podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast or at eveningedgetodd.com. And I'm on social media at Evening Edge Todd. If you want to uh, send me a message just like Greg did in Tulsa. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hey, Todd, love the show. You were talking about famous movie cars. Here's a link that has a long list. Great. So here's the list from Popular Mechanics. And yeah, some of these are pretty cool. So we mentioned uh, James Bond's car and all the different versions, but uh, also listed uh, great movie cars. uh, The Pontiac Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. That was a cool one. Remember, my uh, cousin had a friend who had one of those cars, and uh, I got to sit in it. I, I think I was probably like eight, you know, and I just thought it was so cool. And then I got a remote control Smokey and the Bandit car for Christmas that year, and she attached the picture to it of me in the, uh, in the driver's seat, which was kind of cool. Uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, of course. But that, I mean, it uh, certainly could travel through time. And that's pretty impressive, of course. But, uh, but it didn't have a, a lot of other gadgets on it. It had a lot of computer equipment. But unlike the, uh, the Bond car, it, uh, it didn't have air, uh, you know, uh, surface-to-air missiles. It didn't have, it didn't have uh, machine guns. That would have been cool. I wonder if there was ever a version of the DeLorean that had weapons on it. Probably not. Uh, the 1932 Ford Coupe from American Graffiti. Uh, the 68 Mustang from uh, the show or the movie Bullet. There was, uh, oh, here's, here's one. Uh, the 1973 XB GT Ford Falcon from Mad Max. That's a, uh, that's a looks like a clunker, but it's pretty cool looking. <laughs> oh, there's the Batmobile that you mentioned, Kevin. Uh, Dodge Charger from the Fast and the Furious. Uh, the Mustang from John Wick. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool ones, but I'll tell you what, the uh, that James Bond car, all those cars, they just have all the coolest uh, gadgetry, gadgetry, and plus, they're just beautiful cars. They're works of art, right? Uh, not like the cars they make today. Um, let's see, what else is there? Oh, I, of course, the Mirthmobile. 
1976 AMC Pacer. Um, I had I had a neighbor growing up that had a uh, AMC Pacer, and at some point it just died. But they left it in their backyard and they turned it into a giant geranium. They they had they used it to plant plants inside. They used it. They put plants inside of it, and it was intentional. It wasn't like uh, oh, plants are just growing up through the floorboards. It was we're gonna, we're going to use it as a uh, like a a, a, um, a a plant house. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's that's. Thank you for the list, Craig. I appreciate it. Uh, we have a damn it dog here to talk the about misadventures of damn it dog. <laughs> So this is uh, this is kind of a crazy story, and uh, I, I have a couple of doggies. I have uh, Luna, who's a multi-poop. <laughs> That's what we call her, because every time she goes out, she poops. Every single time. she She's like the most regular dog I've ever known in my life. And then there's uh, Lily. She's the uh, Bichon Shih Tzu mix, um, which my wife calls the B. It's, it's a Bichon. Um, I call her the Bichitzon. Because she's just nuts. She's absolutely nuts. Um, but fortunately, I've never been injured by them. There's been a few instances when, um, in an attempt to keep from stepping on them, because they're little dogs and they'll get under your feet, and you're like, you start to step, step down, and you hear a, a yelp, and you're like, oh, and you kind of, you, you try to, you know, bounce off of it, and uh, you can end up hurting yourself. Uh, but this is one of these stories where it made me think it's like what other ways or, you know, people that have been injured by their dogs, like seriously injured and not like they attacked you. I mean, that's a whole different, uh, that's a different story, right? Uh, I'm talking about you're outside playing, you're messing around and, uh, something happens and the dog ends up hurting you. And this is from a uh, this is from Chicago. There's a 41 year old woman there who uh, has a Stafford, uh, Staffordshire Bull Terrier named Sky, and they were outside playing, and uh, Sky jumped up at the same time as she was bending down, and he headbutted her right in the chin, just I mean smack, just you know, kaboom, and. The, the dog mom didn't really think much of it. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, but a few days later, she woke up and she wasn't able to swallow. And what had happened was her, uh, her mouth, her lower jaw had become swollen. So she wasn't sure what it was. She wasn't sure that it was related to the, the, the headbutting of the dog because that had been a couple of days ago and she didn't really feel anything right afterwards that made her suspect that there was damage. So she went to the, uh, to the ER and doctors, they weren't sure what her problem was. Uh, so they, uh, they did an a, uh, MRI and, uh, like a PET scan or whatever for, you know, put her in the machine and looked at her bones. Turns out sky, when he headbutted her, cracked two of her molars, hit her so hard. He cracked two of her, her molars and in those few days, an abscess had developed, and she got this infection, which left her, you know, serious swelling and un- un- unable to swallow. 
Um, the doctors were concerned the swelling wouldn't subside and it would close her airway. So they decided to intubate her. They put her down. They put her under. They didn't put her down. They put her under and then they put a tube in her mouth. And basically she was on life support because they were afraid that her, her throat would, would, you know, uh, close up. Uh, doctors then went in and removed the two teeth put a drain in her neck to drain the infection out. Um, and then they left her on life support to make sure that there were no secondary infections develop, but they did. So this woman, and she's fine now, she's fine, but she ended up being on life support for a week because she got headbutted by her dog. That is amazing. That is, that's crazy. Now, I remember we had a story and it was a dumb ways to die story. And this was uh, before I was doing the Sunday night show on all the different uh, uh, Cox radio stations. But we had a dumb ways to die. And if you've never heard the feature, basically, it's, it's, it's like the Darwin Awards. It's when somebody does something stupid and they end up dying. And we're not making fun of them. We're just merely sharing their tale and uh, their story as a cautionary tale for you so you don't do the same dumb thing. But we had, we had a story of a, a woman who, uh, I believe she was uh, Canadian, and she went to, uh, I think it was Singapore, on vacation. And while she was there, she, she befriended a small puppy that she found in the streets. And she, the time that she was there, she had this puppy. She had the puppy in her hotel room. She was taking care of the puppy, blah, 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 blah. So uh, the woman uh, leaves comes back to Canada, left the dog there. Uh, a few weeks after she gets back, she's sick. She starts getting sick and uh, has to go to the hospital. So the doctors uh, aren't sure what the problem is. So they finally test her, and she has rabies. She caught rabies from this little puppy that, of course, you know, streets of uh, Singapore, wherever she was at, uh, you know, got sick, had, had, had rabies, and she didn't. She didn't know it. It didn't, you know, hit her right away, if you will. Well, they, they tried to save her, but the woman died. Now, that, that's an extreme of, of a dog putting you in the hospital, right? But, uh, but I'm, I'm wondering about uh, injuries that people have had, and not even necessarily from dogs. You think it would be dogs because dogs are like the most, you know, uh, active and, and crazy. You don't really expect that from cats, but cats have claws and, you know, a serious, a serious cat crawling uh, could really uh, do some damage. Kevin, have you, uh, you've experienced this? Uh, not me, but I have had experience with a cat situation. My grandmother, uh, who recently passed away at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. um, sh when she was much younger, this was back in the late 90s. There was an emergency room situation in the middle of the night because apparently her cat, Sorsha, had decided she was going to play with her hand that had dropped down to the side of the bed and just scratched an artery open oh my God. in her finger. And she had to go to the hospital before there was a before this. There was a whole pool of blood that just formed at my grandmother's did she, the foot of her bed. Did she... Or not did the she foot, not the re side. did she not realize it until the next morning when she woke up? She just woke up because she, she, she woke was up bleeding. and like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm in 
pain and something is bleeding. She was bleeding out and she just woke up and felt something oh my wet gosh. on her hand and looked at the ground and looked at her hand yeah. and was like, oh, and called my dad well, and my aunts. You know, when you get older, your skin gets a little bit thinner. It's, you know, and, and uh, I forget what the condition is called, but, you know, it, it you can easily cut yourself. You know, it's a condition. Well, she was in pretty mm. good shape and everything skin wise like that, too. I do know what you're talking about, but yeah. she just sliced her open. I mean, it was a good wow. gash. Like, it was a good, like, at least inch long gash like right in like one of the sides where one of those big veins yeah you can have cut it right open she's lucky that the cat didn't get her wrist i mean that holy cow see that's what i'm talking about yeah, that's the true story pets putting their owners in in the hospital you know it's happened i mean it, it, clearly it happens with much bigger animals right um but dogs you don't or cats you don't really think about it too much but uh, maybe somebody's got a story like 1290. I love the show. When I was practicing maneuverability, I used to listen to your radio station in my car. And that's, that's what got me hooked. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Often irreverent. Seriously funny. I can call Todd. He's got a full set of tools. The Evening Edge with Todd Holst. Call Todd now. 937-457-1290. Or message him now at Evening Edge Todd. Often irreverent. Seriously funny. Back here on the Evening Edge every Sunday night at this time. Find the podcast at eveningedgetodd.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And you can follow me on social media. At Evening Edge Todd, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And hit me up on email, eveningedgetodd at gmail.com. We have Amish news. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. A churn butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise. It's hard work. All right, here's this story about this uh, guy arrested in Ashtabula, Ohio. Now, this <laughs> this happened after a low-speed chase involving a uh, Amish buggy. Happened uh, this past Saturday. So sheriff's deputies responded to a wrong-way driver and found a horse and an Amish buggy rolling down the road and a driver who wasn't responding to the deputy. Whoa. Whoa. Hey. Hey. Wake up. Well, the uh, deputy tried getting the horse to stop, but it kept moving past the deputy's vehicle. That's got to be. I mean, how do you stop a horse running down the road? I, I don't know that. <laughs> how do you do that? So uh, he called uh, dispatch for backup. Amish guy passed down a buggy. There's a Bud Light can sitting in the damn buggy. He slumped over. Then the deputy pulled in front of the buggy and tried unsuccessfully to wake the man. I mean, look, he's passed out. He's in an, uh, he's in an Amish buggy. And I hit the side of the buggy and hollered at the guy. He's passed clean out. It's not the smoothest ride, right? Though I guess the clattering of the horse's feet might be a bit hypnotic, right? You listen to that. Maybe it'll lull you to sleep. I don't know. He just turned eastbound on Bogue, and I yelled at the guy when he rode by, 
and I hit the side of the buggy and hollered at the guy. He's passed clean out. He slumped over. So at that point, I mean, what do you do? You've got a police cruiser, right? I don't know. I mean, can you use it to uh, to block it somehow? Well, that's what he did. He got creative. The deputy did with his cruiser. I'll see if I can get in front of him and slow down. We might have it stopped. Nope. Disregard. He just rammed it into my car. So yeah, there you go. the The buggy crashed right into the police cruiser, uh, caused the uh, slumbering man to be thrown from the buggy, which of course finally woke him up. Hey, stop your horse! Stop your horse! And the deputy noticed that the man smelled like alcohol. Tried to administer a field sobriety test. The Yamish man refused. He was then arrested for allegedly operating a vehicle while intoxicated. You know, you can be pulled over for DUI if you're even riding a, uh, a horse. That happened one time. I remember talking about it on the show. Uh, both the deputy and the horse are okay. So there you go. There's your drunken Amish guy story. Can't get enough of those. It's uh, it's just it's crazy, and this happens from time to time. It and it turns out that the uh, the the guy that was driving, uh, I think he was only like nineteen, so he he stole the reins uh, from mom and dad, I guess, and went out and uh, did a little uh, partying. What is that called when the uh, Amish kids they uh, they spend a couple of years and they they go off and go crazy it was like rum shaka lucka or something like that what is it called their chance at freedom yeah it's like there's a name for it it's like oh i forget rum rum dumbers. i don't know i just want to know why the deputy sounded like sling blade well because i was waiting for him to, i studied on pulling you yeah, over yeah well there's the show thanks for listening tonight you can get the uh you can get the podcast wherever you find uh your favorite podcast or at eveningedgetodd.com and you can follow me on evening edge uh at evening edge todd on social media have a great week and we'll talk to you next sunday that's it i'm pulling the plug you know what i'm done well is that it is that all oh that was fun over ladies not bad huh will you get an a for effort good night sweet punch peace out clear see you tomorrow same time same place good night everybody pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.